welcome to the ghost gig. Are you sitting comfortably? Then let's begin. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. How are we all? That's a weird thing to ask. Though. It's a very strange thing to ask, but you keep doing it, don't you? And I could do as well because it just feels like the right thing to do. Because I'm a nice, polite person who cares about people. Yeah, it, it just feels nice. But then you realise the conversation's one-sided and it just doesn't really work. But well done to you if you did reply. I replied on podcast to people who don't know I'm replying And I to. bet you're not alone in that either. People no. talk to the radio the whole time. Yeah. Yell at the TV. Yeah. Just yeah. see my father watching a rugby match. He <laughs> <laughs> does get very animated. Yeah. yeah. Dad, they can't hear you. Well, it wouldn't help it's if they could. not going to change the game. <laughs> um, yeah, so I hope everyone's good. We are back to a song episode. Yes, we're going to be musical and songy. and We are. And this is the first time on the Ghost Gig that we were actually doing a little bit of covering old ground here because I did do a, um, a mini episode about this subject quite a while ago. So if it sounds familiar, that's why. How but, mini was your mini? Uh, it was about 20 minutes. Okay. But yeah, we have we have uh, sort of looked at this before, but we've got a brand new story that we've not done. Um, and of course, we didn't record the song before. So, you know, and this is your research, not my research. So it is. Yeah. Although if it's on a similar subject, I'm sure there'll be some overlap. But, you know, we can just get through and it from sure we fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, again, okay. so if you have heard us do or it was me on my own, do this episode, uh, do this um, topic. Uh, yeah. Apologies if it's kind of what you've already heard, but there is new stuff coming up afterwards um, probably do stuff during as well that's what i mean I like after no after the after the song section that's what i mean not even during the song i'm yeah. sure there'll be new yeah. information yeah that's what i mean yeah i'm just pre-warning because they're like they've done this already <laughs> right so vince uh, this first bit is definitely definitely down to you you've kind of done all the research and i did do the, the song. research for this one yeah 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 but it, you, it was your idea it was my idea which i think was a good idea i think it's a cool song yeah um so over to you yeah i guess so um so we are looking in depth a bit more at Me and the Devil Blues, uh-huh. Robert Johnson's song, yeah. although covered by lots of artists. I did go into some of the Spotify uh, alternative versions. Should we play really the song quickly first? quickly annoyed by all the other versions. <laughs> Should we play your um, version first? Because we've been doing that the last few song episodes. Yeah, you, you know what? Yeah? Let's, let's keep with the format. Just say if people haven't heard it, can hear it or want to be reminded or of it. Or hear this version anyway. Yeah. Well, they won't have heard this version, will they? Unless something creepy is going on and they've heard your version somehow already. Oh, that'll be unsettling. <laughs> Go on then. Yep, yeah, okay. Early this morning When you knock upon my door Early this morning When you knock upon my door I said, hello Satan I believe it's time to go And the devil was walking side by side. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and the devil ooh, was walking side by side. Mm, I'm gonna beat my woman till I get satisfied. She said, you don't say why that I would dog her around. She said, you don't see why that I would dog her around. I say it 
Must be that all in our spirits So deep down in the ground Can get a greyhound bus and ride. Cool. So you haven't there it is. you haven't strayed too far away from the actual no, no, original. I, I, I thought I'd try and try and keep it as uh, straightforward as it can be. Yeah. Heard a few other versions which were. Oh, I don't know, like blues, rocky directions. No, mm-hmm. no. Each thing you add to it seems to take away from it, so keep it as minimal as possible. That's you, what I went with. You had a good time doing the guitar part. Yeah, I bet you did. It took a while. I bet. Yeah, I just good. trying to get it right, and then I finally pressed record. There's a lot of recordings of previous takes which were not good. Squeaky voice, teen Vince. Absolutely, there's a few <laughs> of those too. Yeah. So he's uh, had a bit of a cold. So you'll be yeah. able to hear that in me talking right <laughs> now. My, I am bunged up, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it was oh, this occasion. Oh, no. <sighs> anyway, you got there, you got there. I got there. But if that starts to happen during the story, just smile and nod. It'll all be fine. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave, boys. <clears throat> um, cool. Yeah. So tell me a so, bit about the history of this song, please, Vincent. Okay, so to set the scene, mm-hmm. so Satan is very much a part of popular culture in the West. Yeah. So... His stories have heavily influenced the portrayal of evil in film, um, as we've seen. Um, they've also made an appearance in music, including blues and all music that's descended from it. So that's the rock and rolls, the jazz, the basically everything that we yeah. hear. Everything. Um, but Selling One Soul to the Devil has a much longer history going back to medieval stories, um, such as, and I'm going to say you this You haven't wrong. mentioned that he sold his soul to the devil. Well, we know. It's in the, it's in the song. Oh, I know. But, mm. you know, just to... We're getting to it. It's okay. You said it very casually, like selling your soul to the devil, a bit yeah. like, you know, getting your driver's go, license. Go to the shops, or, yeah. yeah. going down the shop. I'll go, you know, go. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you choose to sell your soul to the devil, yeah. it's the best. If and when you do it, yeah. go on TripAdvisor. <laughs> uh, that's our advice. Read the it? reviews. Absolutely. Check if it's something you want to do. Yeah. Check you're <laughs> getting a good, good deal. Yeah. <laughs> Always. So it's good. Consumer advice for you, for you there. I've heard the staff aren't great, okay? When you go to hell, so... <sighs> I, I imagine that they can be a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> right, sorry. Well, Sell, selling right. your soul. Selling well, your yeah. soul. Yeah. I mean, all those reviews and all those, those Greeks who went down to hell and things on there, I don't think they left very good reviews, but you can't read them, so it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Faustian Pact. Um, so, tradi- traditionally derives from Germanic folklore, whereby a fictional character um, surrendered his soul to an evil spirit. It wasn't the devil in that case. Um, in exchange for otherwise unattainable knowledge and power. Right. 
So that is the link here. This is this is a Faustian Pact story that we've got. Okay, cool. Didn't know that. Um, But also skidding around a little bit, um, the film The Devil and Daniel Webster, which I don't know if you've seen. I have not. We should watch that at some point. It's very good. Um, Retells much of a similar story in a new setting. Um, But anyway, so the legend of selling one's soul, which continues as part of Satan's story, is also reflected in the Simpsons episode Treehouse of Horror. Uh, no, he sells himself for a donut. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He sells himself for a donut. Although in that case, in keeping with many stories of like you know men outsmarting gods and demons, Homer actually uh, robs the devil of his dues um, by technicality, doesn't he? It does because Marge, Marge um, actually yeah. owns his soul. Yeah, I know a lot about this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, kn- I knew that this would get you in. Um, but that happens a lot. There's lots of stories of people trying to outsmart the devil. It's fun. But Homer and Marge manage it. Absolutely. Fabulous. <laughs> if Homer Simpson can manage it, you can too. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, you find it's actually Marge that that realizes. Actually, the that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Marge, not. It home. definitely is. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So the notion that hugely successful musicians uh, attain their talent through supernatural means was first explored as a popular theme in the 18th century. So it's even before blues. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry, that'll happen a few times as I clear my throat again. So early examples of this include classical violinist Giuseppe <laughs> Tartini. Yep. Okay. You, you, you whooped there. Yeah, because you said classical violinist, but it's not that one. Uh, are you thinking of Paganini? Yeah. Yep. All right, go no further with that. Oh, I got a chunk about that. No, you can't. Sorry. Have you got the bit about Bonaparte's sister? Got... Yep. Damn! Got all on Paganini. You've torpedoed a load of it. That's fine, I can skip forward. You were supposed to do a rap with Robert Johnson. I'm doing a... We're getting there. I'm setting the scene. But okay, so we're going to come back to that. I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> there it's is a more good, on that. It's a really fun if, story. When, later fun. on, when we do the story on Paganini, if you yeah. have anything to actually, like, absolutely oh, no, no, I'm add. Sure, I'm sure you've yeah. got it. But yeah, yeah. Great. I'm glad we've got some continuity here. Okay. <laughs> That's the first time that's happened. That's fine. We've done well, actually. Two and I, a, I didn't spend very long in it. Two and so a bit years. That is the first long. time yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've, that's happened. Okay, cool. But like, he's a rock star. It's great. Yeah. Um, okay, so back into the 20th century. Um, there were a few individuals earning the connection to the devil. Um, it includes jazz composer Ferdinand Jelly Roll Morton and blues musicians Petey Wheatstraw, who actually I've not heard of. <laughs> These amazing names. And the namesake of Robert, Tommy Johnson. Uh-huh. Um, also Hendrix and Van Morrison were yeah. thought to you know, develop ties with the supernatural. Mozart exactly. was said to have done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even the Rolling Stones tried to jump on the bandwagon with their Sympathy for the Devil song, which to be fair is one of their better songs, I think, from that Love era. that song. Yeah. I feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you just ruined that. (laughs) That's what it sounded like to me. Absolutely. Uh, That does make sense, though, because Keith Richards is a massive fan of blues, and Robert Johnson in particular, so it all stitches together. (laughs) That was a beautiful moment. (laughs) Just a little moment we shared with you there, guys. You're welcome. That's what it's like in our living room. (laughs) Just just... Vid's yelling and me singing after it. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) It's good to be back. Continue. Yeah. Back where? Where have you been? (laughs) Where have you been? You went away. I didn't leave. I went to see my sister for the day. Calm down. How dare you? (laughs) Calm down. I've been gone about four hours. Yeah. Are you all right? I'm still clothed. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, as we already alluded to, uh, Keith Richards was a massive Robert Johnson fan, um, who was a country and Delta Blues performer in the 1930s. And... It's impressive how little we actually have left of him. There's 42 recordings, which are like 29 original songs and 13 alternative takes. Oh, and two grainy photos. Yeah, um, the one of him, he's got, kind of got a fag in his mouth, hasn't Yeah, he? and there's yeah. another one which kind of looks like it would be like, oh, like a photo booth kind of thing. Yeah. He's pointing the guitar upwards, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
Um, as far as anyone knows, yeah. Um, the site of the famous crossroads is disputed. The year of his death is disputed. The year of his birth is disputed. All of it all together, you know. There's lots to go on. Um, but folklore um, stretches back nearly 100 years. It's basically pretty impossible to verify any claims. Um, not that I'm sure it's possible to ever really gather enough evidence from anyone anyway uh, who talks about meeting with the devil because um, Beelzebub does have quite a, a closed-door policy. Huh. Um, but also, myths do grow more intriguing the less actual information you've got. So, well, yeah, because you, know, you start filling in the gaps with your absolutely, own mind, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. So notions of crossroads or intersections outside town have a long history. Um, this specific legend grew up in the context of the abundance of blues and was also attributed to Johnson and Tommy Johnson as well. Okay, so there's a notion that in order to gain exceptional skill in playing the blues, in this case, yep. the person might wait at the crossroads, alone at night. A stranger will approach. You hand him your guitar. He retunes it and hands it back. This will allow you to play any song you desired. He hasn't put it in a weird key, has he? But for a price. I yes, put it, it in drop D. No, it's open D. <laughs> open D. Okay. It is. Okay. Yeah. It's got, I think they call it Vestapol in other parts of the world. You're a Vestapol. No, I don't know what it is. I'm not wearing a vest. Well, you're going to be cold. No, I'm quite warm. But yes, for a price. So this story circulated for 60 years at least, with some of the details changing quite a bit. But the end result is always the same. Robert Johnson's skill comes courtesy of the handiwork of a Luther called Lucifer. And he was apparently terrible beforehand. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah, he was. Couldn't play a lick. Not a lot, no, no. The Sunhouse is like one of the big yeah. sources of this, and he said, yeah, he's pretty shit. <laughs> is that a quote? Is that a direct uh, quote? A direct quote, no. I'm, I'm, I remember I when I even paraphrasing I remember there. when I um, researched it. It was it was a quotation. He could he couldn't play a lick. Was a quotation. Yeah, Not, yeah. He was pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so at this point, facts about Robert Johnson are almost impossible to separate from the legend of Robert yeah. Johnson. Um, this is for a few reasons. One of which being the abundance of unreliable recollections from Johnson's contemporaries, most notably Sun House, whose accounts of Johnson tended to shift and dramatically altered throughout the years as he got more famous. <laughs> um, so we can assume that the record producer John Hammond and Columbia Records had a lot to do with the um, disseminating of the story as well. Um, but the, wor the waters were murky before that. Um, Sun House is also credited as the source of the story having told his story in Pete Welding about how, at first, Johnson Cook was a terrible musician, as yeah, he alluded to. Couldn't play a lick. Yeah. But after not making any public performances for two years, he managed to come back up on stage and upstage all of his peers. It's likely he attributed his newfound abilities, even jokingly, um, to this meeting with the devil after dark, um, only due to a leading question. But it's at least as possible he just, you know, it, it, it's all part of that sort of telephone game, the Chinese whispers. Yeah. Of the scene, but it's so much. It makes it it's so much compelling. more fun that he went off and exactly spoke to the that. devil than he just practiced. Oh yeah, yeah. He went up into the woods for a couple of years and just became Pratt. less shit. You know. <laughs> nah, he he met the devil. Yeah, right. it's much more fun, isn't much it? Much more fun. Much more fun. And then he had some, you know, law and subjects mm. to work into his songs. It's a win-win. Yeah. You become more entertaining. It's as a very performer. good publicity, isn't it? It's, it's it is. Good it's, brand. it's really clever. Yeah. Because by this point, he decided to stop being a sharecropper. He just wanted to be a musician. Yeah. He earned more money this way, so it made more sense for him to just do this. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, stage presence is very important. Because there's the two songs. There's the one you've recorded. Yeah. Um, the uh, and Devil Blues. And there's the cross, uh, the Devil's or the Blues, Crossroad Blues, isn't there? Yeah. And and also yeah. Hellhound on My Trial is a more blatant one. Oh, okay. It's, it's, so it, it comes back to it a few worth, times. Well worth listening to yeah, as well, yeah. those. Because they're all kind of along the same subject, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Although I think the one you've recorded today is more about the Devil coming to collect him. It is, yeah. Or collect his soul. Yeah, it is. 
so anyway, you know, through his own uh, handiwork and publicity, he managed to attach this legend to himself, even if it had previously, previously been attached to someone else. Um, this is partly because uh, he shared the name with Tommy Johnson, another blues guitarist who supposedly claimed he sold his soul to the devil. Mm -hmm. It is this legend of selling a soul for exceptional guitar skills that's enacted in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou as well. Oh, yeah. So we keep coming back to it every once in a while. We're like, oh, it's in that film. Huh. Oh, I could have seen that, that for scene. ages. Great yeah. <sighs> in truth, while his experiences in 1920s Memphis may have first inspired Johnson to pick up the guitar, it was in the heart of the Delta where he felt truly honed his skills as he travelled along the Mississippi River, stopping wherever he could to perform in small-town juke joints and bars. It's during this time he realised he could earn more money playing guitar than working in the fields. Um, this eventually led to local notoriety, and in 1936, a hotel room where he could record some of his songs. There were some follow-up recordings in 1937 as well. The powers of evil make their, their um, appearance in a variety of ways in Johnson's songs, as you've already sort of alluded to. Um, some of them more frightening effect than others, although all his music is quite haunting, to be fair. Uh, it's kind of in a devil-made-me-do-it sort of way, yeah. being a devil blues. Uh, expresses the notion that some evil power outside of his own abilities is responsible for his violent behaviour towards women. Yeah. Seems like a bit of a crap excuse to me, but there we go. Absolutely. Um, but also you know, the crackly distant sounds of early Delta blues recordings do have a kind of supernatural quality to them. Uh, they often sound downright eerie, to be fair. And the devil is often a supporting character. Uh, Johnson certainly wasn't the first to travel to hell and back through their songs. Although he did it more than once, uh, as you said, Hell Hand on My Trail and uh, Crossroad Blues. Um, I also think maybe because of the like ghostly, scratchy sound of like those old 78s, which is what he would have been would have would have been sold on. Um, you're more likely to buy into the idea of an unseen force um, that the singers are channeling, um, and thinking you know you could plausibly it's kind of real. Um, think of like found footage in horror films yeah. you know like a videotape it's always grainy and a bit crubby it, it, it's kind of that it adds plausible authenticity really to the presentation but it's also no coincidence that in several of Johnson's songs um, in his repertoire uh, they reference this story it could be seen as macabre but then who are we to deride drawing on horror tropes for the purposes of entertainment eh? yeah exactly yeah um, as another thread to this if it weren't for the devil we wouldn't have rock and roll yeah. I'm not necessarily talking about Satan like a, a literal being, um, but like the idea the of the idea, yeah, the idea of rebellion and um, independence. Because uh, rock and roll was supposed to represent, at least in the ethos, if not always in the execution, um, breaking norms and personal, personal artistic liberation, um, defiance, raw sexuality, um, decadent indulgence, screaming ridiculous things at loud volumes. Yeah. I mean, it's all the handiwork of the devil. It's all rock and roll. It's all, yeah, it's all so evil. Yeah, it is. We are Satan's <laughs> children. Um, I feel like our parents might feel differently about that. <laughs> no, I'm, as in we play rock and roll music. You know, yeah. we, we, we indulge in that. <laughs> we indulge in, no. So even people who say they don't like horror, you think, well, uh, uh, actually, actually, you, you kind of do. <laughs> Very interesting, thank it you. You did indeed cover stuff that I did not cover when I looked, did the episode of Robert Johnson. It seemed likely. Right, I'm sorry I stepped on the um, the violin toes. How dare you! But I'm I'm glad that we tied it together. I'm glad. Yeah. That, yeah. The thing is, yeah. Um, yeah. Normally, I don't let Vince know what the story is because I want to get his genuine reaction to you know. Well, you'll still get my genuine reaction. So, yeah, yeah. But that's, so that's so, absolutely fine. In case anyone's thinking, why don't they know what they're doing? It, this is the way we do it. I generally do the story um, and don't tell Vince what it is, yeah. so I can get a genuine reaction out of him, which it's is usually this way. which is usually like. Yes, I want Not him always. To be, I always wanted to be, to him be peeing his pants in fear, but he just no, doesn't. No, because you wouldn't like the smell. 
Well, you know, you could go and do it somewhere else. I won't be able to hear you telling me the story. I then. tell you the story. Then I'm not you... taking a microphone in with me. No, no, no. I tell the story. You leave the room and then pee your pants in fear while standing in the bath. Oh. And then that does make more sense. Throw your trousers out the window and pants out the window. But then I don't have pants on. You've got more in the wardrobe. Have to what keep if you stocking sca- up. What if you scare me again. <laughs> Every single episode, we're okay. Go get his pants ready. <laughs> there we are. Alternative title for the podcast: Pants ready. Pants ready. Pants down. That's a <laughs> Michael McIntyre thing. Anyway, right. We're not calling the episode "Pants Down." Pants down. <laughs> no, I've actually got a title for the episode. Okay. But I don't know. Okay. Uh, it's not very funny, but it's quite. It's creepy. Oh, I like now creepy. You're going to hear all about the Rubber Man. I, I, I realise why it's yep. called that. Excellent. I'm glad you've got that in there. Okay. Please tell us about the rubber man. Now, this is going to be a great surprise to you. <laughs> but this this is all about Niccolo Paganini. Have I said that right? Paganini. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was reading it earlier, I kept saying Panini. So that's not... I mean, it's written similar. Yeah. It's Paganini, not Panini. It's got a G. Pananini. Uh, Paganini. So here we go. This is the story of the rubber man. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Then let's begin. At the height of his fame and fortune, Niccolo Paganini was both the toast and bane of Italy. He was born on the 27th of October, 1782, in Genoa, Italy. It seemed that even as a young child, he was destined for musical greatness. His father was a mandolin player, and Niccolo began to play aged five. At age seven he decided to try the violin. His incredible talent was recognised almost instantly and he was awarded a scholarship and lessons with the masters of the violin at the time. Age 13, he was sent to study under the guidance of a famous teacher, Alessandro Roller. When he arrived, Roller quickly decided that there was nothing he could do to teach him any, anything further, so referred him to his own teacher. This was Fernando Peya. Again, after hearing Niccolo play, Peya referred him to his teacher, Gaspacho Garotti. Oh, a lot of Italian names here. I mean, it is in what yep. we now call Italy, it, it so you is. would expect that. What was it called then? Oh, these are just city-states. So we're in, uh, oh, is it, it's not called Genoa at this point, is it? Lombardy? Don't know. Don't know my, don't know my history don't that well. It's not yet Italy. Don't Doesn't know my history, sorry. Doesn't matter. At age 15, Niccolo embarked... Embarked, embarked, embarked. He embalmed. He embarked all the way up the hill. He did. He it, also, was a, it was a sight to behold. <laughs> he also embarked on his first tour solo around Italy. Mm. However, this was all pretty overwhelming for the teenager, as you can imagine. His success quickly got to him and he suffered a mental breakdown. To cope, he began drinking heavily, gambling, and to top it off, became known as a shameless womanizer. And yet his talent was second to none. He was easily the best violinist in the country and probably the world. And yet some folk were not surprised by his sudden downward spiral. As it happened, many believed that when Niccolo was born, his mother had wished for him to be the best violinist in the world. In order to make this happen, she had sold her son's soul to the devil so he would be the greatest in all of history. (laughs) What a lovely mother! Well, it's a story afterwards. It is. It's like she didn't even like he wasn't even old enough to make his own mind up. It's when people just pierce their baby's ears. Like they might not <laughs> want their ears pierced. You well, don't know. He it's might, marketing. He might not want to sell sell his soul to the devil. It's marketing. Maybe and he it wants worked. maybe he, he wants to tour. Maybe he wanted to be a swimming teacher. You M- know. Maybe. Who knows? 
Should have waited till he was old enough to ask him. <laughs> Jesus. However, going back to Niccolo um, and his breakdown, he actually recovered quite well and quite quickly. And soon after, he was appointed court violinist by the Princess Elsa. <laughs> Can you pronounce her surname? Bonaparte. Uh, who was Napoleon's sister? Yeah, I, I, when, I, when I saw it, it was just written as Bonaparte. Okay. Um, that's all I've got on that bit. Have you got anything to add with that? Uh, they started a 10-year affair. Oh, no, I haven't got that he, bit. He was, he was a real womaniser. He oh, okay. was very well so known for it. So they had an affair he, so for 10 he, years. He was teaching her husband violin. Right. While getting having it away with her oh, for ten years, for and then years. and then he ran off. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> then it's like, oh, this is, this is so he just ran off onto the rest of Europe. So please continue. Um, cool. Thank you for that. That's I didn't I mean, have he had that. many many affairs. Oh yeah, well he is uh, a woman. He's a woman as a woman as exactly. oh oh. But yeah, this was this was a famous one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's weird because it mentioned that, but it didn't mention the affair. So oh, that's okay. very strange. Why would you miss out the juicy bit like that? Well, absolutely. You want gossip? Yeah. Anyway. So okay. Cool. They. They had it off for 10 years. Yeah. So once after he'd done that, or du- possibly during, he began to <laughs> tour again, <laughs> this time around Europe. That'd be a very different kind of tour. Yeah. Niccolo was um, one of the first violinists to perform in public without sheet music, making him appear even more incredible as an artist. Free from having to keep his eyes fixed on the music, Niccolo would flail around as he played, contorting his body and dancing his exceptionally long and thin fingers across the strings. To the audience, his skills seemed like otherworldly. But the explanation for his hands is slightly less exciting. A bit more medical, wasn't it? A bit more medical. So it is believed that he had Marfan syndrome, which is a genetic disorder that changes um, a person's connective tissue, often making them unusually tall uh, with lengthened long uh, limbs and long thin fingers. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. People frequently commented on his unique hands. In 1831, his personal physician wrote, I quote, Paganini's hand is not larger than normal, but because all of its parts are so stretchable, it can double its reach. For example, without changing the position of the hand, he is able to bend the first joints of the left fingers, which touch the strings sideways at a right angle to the natural motion of the joint. He can do it with effortless ease, assurance and speed. Essentially, Paganini's art is based on physical endowment, increased and developed by ceaseless practising. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, sure yeah. it helped with the womanising as well. <laughs> you filthy mind. It'll be, do you know um, that American Horror Story? You can cut story? that out if you like. No, no, no. <laughs> it's remind me of, um, uh, what's his name? Evan Peters' American Horror Story and he plays the, the, the cool oh, yeah, crab yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He's making a living by, uh, yeah, doing that to Providing women. services. Providing services with his long clawed hands. Yes. Uh, yeah. A series, uh, series four of American Horror Story, if you want to know what we're talking about. Freak show. Freak show. Yeah. Very good series. Though. Uh, th- yeah. It's called Freak Show. He wasn't just being incredibly rude to me. It's called Freak Show. <laughs> Okay. One anecdote of Niccolo's ability is especially telling. One night, a rich gentleman asked the virtuoso to serenade his lady friend. I can think, I can imagine where this is going. Yeah. Um, I feel like that historian, Lucy Worsley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. She does a series called Lady Killers, and this is how she sort of speaks like this, very excited. A bit like Danny Robbins, but more feminine. Anyway. Like Danny Robbins, but more feminine. That's exactly what she would want as a as a review isn't it I don't know <laughs> might, hey Danny Robbins I don't know I have no idea I've seen your show by the way it's amazing anyway I can tell 
The air was quite damp, and the violin strings of the day did not respond well to that kind of humidity. Oh, so, yeah, there were still be animal gut strings. Ugh. But they're really temperamental, apparently. First, the E string broke. The violinist was not phased. Then the A and the D strings snapped. <clears throat> he's, got, he's just got a G string left. So he's standing in front of a group of people with just a D string. Yep. Wow. The he's a brave man. The gentleman was instantly worried and feared that the serenade for his friend would be ruined. What, Pagani- what would Paganini do now? Now that he only had one string left to play on. He simply smiled and continued to play on one string, as if he had all four. Creepy. (laughs) He was also reported to be able to play at lightning speed of 12 notes per second. It was also believed that Niccolo is responsible for introducing some of the modern techniques used today, such as bouncing the bow on the strings, as well as plucking with the left hand, pizzicato. Mm. Mm. Due to his fingers and flexibility, he was nicknamed... Rubber Man! Rubber Man! The Rubber Man. Niccolo was described as a striking figure. His skin was sickly pale and his eyes fiery. His thin, colourless lips often held a sardonic smile. He was famous for dressing all in black during his performances. I mean, rock star. Yeah. Is what you're describing. The rumours around him were countless. <clears throat> and this, of course, added fuel to the fire that he was indeed in cahoots with the devil himself. Mm-hmm. Now, the violin has long been considered the devil's instrument. Oh, yeah. And this is due to religious leaders condemning the instrument since it was often played at weddings, dances, gatherings, where people were basically eating a lot and getting drunk and basically being merry. I didn't know it used to be like a band instrument. I yeah. like that. Well, you think about it, like the fiddle. It's a, yeah, folk, yeah. It's a folk instrument, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. As well, like not just a classical mm. instrument. So basically, it's like, oh, you guys are having fun. You must be yeah. possessed by the devil because you're not praying. You know. Well, you know, the whole song Devil Went Down to Georgia, and, you know, yeah. that's fun as well. Um, put it on the list. Mm-hmm. On top of this, during one concert, I love this, a half-crazed fan began screaming that he could see the devil help Niccolo play. The other Patreons only had to have one look at Niccolo to be convinced of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, witch, isn't it? She's a witch. Yeah. Although... May I just point out, those women were burned and horribly, you know, tortured yes, and burned. Yes, he's being idolised. He's just being idolised. Fucking bloody typical. After this, reports of spotting Niccolo's doppelganger seated in the audience of concerts mm. adorned with hooves and a tail became quite common. Hey. Uh, All right, marketing. I just love this. It's great. We haven't done anything about doppelgangers yet. That's no. Oh, that's a good idea. I saw a doppelganger once. Like, um, There was a girl on the train and she had a similar coat on to me. And the same hair as me. I mean, okay, yeah, it was. She wasn't identical, but we had the same similar, hair. Similar hair to you is quite. Well, rare that's it. That's it. With, um, without sounding, you know, I'm not trying to sound up myself. But I've got quite unusual hair. So yeah, this girl do. had very similar hair to me. She had the same coat on. And, like we were similar build. And I bet she started a podcast. And she happened to mention it. Well, and yeah, she well, I remember I was, I was well. a long time ago. So I was, I was um, at college, and I was with a few college people, and they, I saw them looking at her and looking at me, thinking, "Ooh, that's weird." <laughs> um, anyway, it was very, very unnerving. Yeah. Um, but she did not have horns and a tail. So that's something, I suppose. Um, a rumour even spread that Paganini had murdered a woman and used her intestines as violin strings and had imprisoned her soul within the instrument. The woman's screams were said to be heard coming from his violin when he performed on stage. <laughs> Love that. That's some really good, great, you know, yeah. poetic licence there, isn't there? What do you mean? It's true. All of it. <laughs> In another dubious report, an audience member claimed that the devil had risen up and struck the free end of Niccolo's bow with lightning. Just as you do. Yep. Despite the fame, fortune and success, Niccolo had always been a sickly man, which is, I imagine, why he looked so 
hauntingly, you know, gaunt. gaunt. He suffered from syphilis, which was treated with mercury, and this, not unsurprisingly, caused a lot of other health issues. In 1834, he contracted tuberculosis, but made a full recovery. However, later on in that year, aged 54, he lost the stamina to play and was forced to retire from public performance. For the last few years of his life, he was reduced to teaching the violin. Niccolo died of larynx cancer on the 27th of May, 1840, in Nice, France. But his death only exacerbated the whisper that he was in a pact with the devil. Of course it would. The devil has come to collect his soul. Mm-hmm. And quite early, I mean, 54, I suppose that's, that's still pretty a reasonable early. age. I don't know. It's still that. pretty early. Yeah. Shortly before his death, a priest came to visit Niccolo with a view to perform his last rites. <laughs> Niccolo turned the priest away, reportedly saying that he wasn't going to die. It was too premature. He did, however, pass away a week later without receiving any rights at all. This, coupled with Niccolo's association with the devil, led to the church refusing to bury his body on consecrated ground, despite Niccolo being a member of the Golden Spurs. Um, that, Don't know what that is. Yeah, so I googled it. Um, it's kind of like... It's, it's like a... Sp- a knighthood in the Catholic Church. Okay, okay. Basically, that's the yeah, best way okay. to describe it. I don't know if it's still it's a thing just, it's now. It's an honouring It's thing. a very okay. high up Catholic Church thing. Okay. Like, really special. And yeah, so that would have been a big deal. The fact that Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, however, he was granted that honour by Pope Leo XII in 1827. So, um, but before that, his body was taken to a leper house <laughs> and left there. Wow. Before being moved to a cement vat in an olive oil factory and then eventually to a private house near Nice. Wow. Eventually, when he was granted burial, um, he was transported back to Genoa and he was finally laid to rest um, uh, in Parma, actually. Parma, Italy. um, Which is about 200 kilometres away from Genoa. So he went to Genoa and then went to Parma. Mm -hmm. Um, And it remains there to this day. That's so, very sensible. Is there anything anything you came across you wanted to add about him? I I, I had heard a few reports of you know it was it was paraphrasing people describing his performances because obviously it's way before sound recording. Yeah. Yes, people acting in ways which would start being familiar again in the nineteen sixties. Beatlemania. Yeah, on the yeah. Stones, that kind of thing. It's yeah. very much that that kind of um, hysteria hysteria thing. There was all that stuff about the Beatles and passing out, <clears throat> wetting themselves, all of that kind of stuff. Women, not, yeah. not men. <laughs> They're just confused. <laughs> you weren't in the audience wetting yourself. No. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, there was that thing about the Beatles, about if you play the Beatles, some Beatles songs backwards, it's oh, a message to the devil. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's bollocks, isn't it? But, you know, it's always like if people are successful, it's like, oh, they must well, be. Yes, I think there's a lot of that yeah. in it. I think there's a lot of that in it. Um, but what an interesting guy. You yeah. Know, I've never heard of him until I started, because I was thinking I'd like to do something about... Um, you know, someone else who's sold their soul to the devil because there's loads um, of... I came across his name in the past. It was um, a documentary about metal music and mm. they had the similar link here. Yeah. Obviously, they brought in blues, but they referenced in classical yeah. music. Um, but yeah, this, this yeah. is a, but there's loads a of thread the, of evil. Loads of musicians who supposedly sold their soul. Um, yeah, so there you have it. That is Niccolo Paganini. Yeah. And there is a film called The Devil's Violinist. Um, on the So maybe we watched that at one point. I'll be up for that. Um, Should we just have a devil day? Have a devil day. <laughs> so there, there we go. I hope you guys have enjoyed that. Yeah, um, yeah. He sounds like a real character. Would have liked to have gone and seen him had I been alive. <laughs> um, but yeah, we hope you've enjoyed that. We hope you are having a good week. I don't know. I'm 
I don't know. It's all right. Yeah, I think that's a good yeah. thing to wish people. That's always um, a nice thing to say. It's bonfire night here in the UK as we're recording this. There's oh, it fireworks is, fireworks yeah. going off outside. Um, and yeah, so maybe we should go see if we can see some out the window. Maybe we should. If people would like to get in touch with us, you can find us um, on Instagram or you can email us. Uh, us. <laughs> there is fireworks going on. Uh, yeah, uh, at gmail.com. That is ghostgearuk at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, anything else to say? Oh, thank you for everyone who sent me messages after I posted about that creep in my gig last night. I think mm. I got more messages about that. <laughs> I have about anything else I've ever posted it's, about the podcast. I suspect it's something people, a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. So, um, so thank you. I've got some really sweet messages of support. So thank you. That's uh, good. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add? Uh, no, I don't think no? so. Cool. No. All right. Lovely. Give us a message if you want to say hi. We don't bite. We do not. No. No. Even if you ask us anymore. We don't do that anymore. We're not allowed to now. No. We've, yeah. Please said no. Yeah. All right. right. Bye. Bye.